Words are how we connect with people, but when they're all you've got, the stakes are high. Meeting person to person, you can be clumsy with words, but you can charm with a smile or engage someone with genuine interest in conversation. If your business depends on connecting and being understood, then the words you use really matter. This week, my podcast guest is Jeff Coleman, and we're going to dive deep into how you can use words across your online ecosystem so you don't leave being understood to chance. Hi there, and welcome back to Amplify, the digital entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every week I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. Now, we all know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business, accounts, meetings, the never-ending inbox. And that's why I've teamed up with Agora Pulse to give you more than five hours back a week. When it comes to managing your social media marketing, no complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to social.agorapulse.com forward slash amplify and you will get two months free. Now, all you have to do is figure out how you want to spend those spare five hours. So if you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget as well, you can join our Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. So welcome along and let's meet Jeff. So this week, I'm really excited to welcome Jeff Coleman to the show. Jeff, there's a lot I want to talk about with you, but for the listener who doesn't know you, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? Yeah, great. So good to be here with you, Bob. Um, I'm excited to drink my maple-infused coffee while we talk <laughs> as well. Uh, so my name is Jeff Coleman, and if you can't tell by my accent or by the coffee that I drink, I'm on the west coast of Canada, is where I'm located, on an island on the west coast of Canada in a rainforest, a temporal rainforest, so beautiful part of the world that I get to live in. And primarily, I work as both a copywriter for my clients uh, and a copywriting coach for people who are starting out their own thing, solopreneurs, infopreneurs, entrepreneurs in general get to coach them and, and give them some tools and resources to, to uh, you know, before they're at that stage where they can hire a copywriter, or maybe they don't want to, uh, but they can still write great copy without becoming a copywriter. So that's that's where I am and what I do. I think that for me is, is the key that a lot of people will take money for writing copy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people can't pay money for writing copy, but they still need it. And I think having access to someone like you is super, super handy. Also, very interestingly, you were my second conversation with somebody on a Canadian island today. How weird is that? <laughs> yeah, who, who's the other? Uh, we all know each other, Canadians, right? So who yeah. was the other guy? Tom Madston. Okay. I did not know Tom was Canadian. That's, uh, I guess we don't all know each other, but two Canadians in one day. One of the things that really stood out for me when I was looking through your stuff was story brand, mm. because I've heard a story brand, but the topic of story brand and copywriting never excited me enough to bother my ass to go and read about it. <laughs> so for somebody who's maybe heard of story brand, the, the legend that is story brand, how, would, how do you sum that up? What is story brand and why should I care? Well, I should say right off the bat, so I was certified with story brand for, for a couple of years, a few years early on in their certification uh, uh, process. But I ended that certification a little bit over a year ago. So don't confuse me with a, one of their certified guides, but I, I certainly can uh, walk through what that framework is. I mean, it's, it is a, 
a great framework for anyone who anyone who who enjoys telling stories and enjoys speaking or communicating or writing um, in a way that actually engages people. Uh, so the story brand framework itself was all about basically a, a different take on the hero's journey, which can be convoluted and complicated. It works very well, but it can be uh, perhaps a bit too complicated often for for people to to wrap their minds around. So uh, Donald Miller and his team at StoryBrand really distilled that down into seven um, sections or a seven-part framework that basically anyone can can figure out how to tell their story and tell it well. Uh, and one of the key pieces of that is to is the constant reminder that this story is about your audience. It's not about you. So even when you speak about yourself, it's not really about you. It's still about them. You know, it's you, you can, so I often explain it, you know, whether it's on my about page, on my website, whether it's in conversation with people like we're having right now, there's a lot of details to my story that I could get into. There's a lot of, um, you know, experiences that I've gone through over time, but but you really only speak to the ones or bring up the ones that are that are relevant or interesting um, or have a purpose with your audience, right? You might not care that I'm wearing, you know, pink socks today with hearts on them. That's not really relevant. I think I am anyway. I looked down at my feet. Yeah, pink socks. Um, that wouldn't be a relevant detail. It might not be relevant, you know, bits of my background that I had a paper route when I was a kid that might not be relevant to my audience unless they had a paper route. And I know that they had a paper route as a kid or they were a hardworking kid or an entrepreneur as a kid, then I could bring that up. But, um, but it's always focused on them. That's the biggest and best takeaway from the story brand framework in general. So I guess finding yourself in a post story brand world from your perspective, your repertoire or your skill set or your own frameworks probably evolved since then. Yeah, uh, even the frameworks and, and the, the processes that I go through with my clients, um, I won't say it's 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 certainly not borrowed from StoryBrand. It's not necessarily borrowed from anyone, but you know, oftentimes when as as copywriters or marketers, when we're building out frameworks, quite often, you know, we're we're taking a piece that we found valuable over here and a piece from over there, and and making our own thing. So that one piece that I just focused on, where we're the constant reminder that. Uh, even if you're telling your story, it still needs to be about your audience. You know that's that's important. Uh, that's an important takeaway that I include in in uh, in the processes that I walk my clients through. Again, whether I'm writing for them or teaching them write teaching them to write for themselves, uh, that's an important piece. So, yeah, but it's it's been interesting to see my not to see to or witness, but to to go through my own evolution, if you will. Since post StoryBrand, that that this new era that I'm in, uh, in my business for the past uh, year and a bit of finding my own finding my own path, finding my own frameworks, finding my own clients that didn't come from StoryBrand and all that. That's been that's been really interesting as well. Because for for a while, I I depended on this certification, this badge on my site to to be the my lead gen for me to bring me clients that I might not have been able to get before that. Um, whereas now I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't have that badge any longer. I don't depend on that badge any longer. Um, and business is busier than ever. So, um, yeah, this post story brand world has been, has been an interesting ride for sure. So at the heart 
of all this the question and this for me is a big question and i think for a lot of people this should be the big question people don't know you unless you really introduce yourself well mm. and now that sounds like stupid obvious <laughs> but most businesses don't and especially owner operated businesses mm -hmm. that you know this kind of feeling and i think everybody will recognize this where you met somebody for a, a sales meeting for example and you come away from that meeting saying why did i tell them all that none of that stuff was important why didn't i tell them this this is actually what i really stand for i just went down a complete rabbit hole of garbage what must they think of me this is how i think most people's approach to copywriting on their website in their email content and social media they don't genuinely express the values and the value that they have very mm -hmm. well at all mm -hmm. so it's one thing writing it when you know what it is but how do you get to the point where you even know what it is because most people are entirely unaware of what people find valuable about them and how to articulate that yeah and as someone who writes copy you know it's really hard i'm also an, an, an introvert right so whether i'm writing or just getting into a conversation it can be difficult to know where to start if you're starting from a blank page so again whether i'm writing for someone or whether i'm teaching them to write for themselves it's it's all about the pre-work that you do it's all about the the foundation that you build before you ever write a single word or before you ever go into a single sales conversation or or uh, back when we could go into conference rooms full of other people at, at an event right it's it's all about the it work that gross. you do <laughs> yeah now it's like ooh i don't want to do that right but it's all about the work that you do ahead of time so an important exercise that, that I walk people through, um, exercise is also a gross word, but um, <laughs> <laughs> an important uh, um, process that I walk people through is is about how to match up your values with the uh, and your voice and your brand um, and the message that you want to send out to line that up with the aspirations of your potential client or with your client or with the person you're having a conversation with. So just like how I said, uh, you know, there's a lot of experiences in my personal story that I could get into, uh, but not most of them are relevant. So I don't bring them up in a, in a, in a business or connection type of, uh, type of setting. So that's, that's one piece that's important, but also knowing the values that I speak to, I might value, I might really value getting a vaccine. I do, but I don't talk about it necessarily because it's not an aligned value that I, you know, care about necessarily in, in a business sense. So even the the values that you speak to, that's all pre-work that you do in terms of who you want to work with and the values that they hold. But the key is, uh, and I was speaking with, with someone uh, just last week about this, how they present their brand as kind of like crank, uh, cranked up to 11. It was Kira Hug. She's a great copywriter uh, as well. She she has a personal brand that's cranked to 11, as she called it, um, personality-wise. And that's because she wants to present a cranked to 11 aspiration that her potential clients have, that they want a brand that's cranked to 11. So you speak to those aspirations even in the values that you, that you present and the stories that you tell. Uh, and in the way that you present yourself. So that's not something necessarily easy or or, or, um, or that you can do in, in a five-minute exercise, but it's critically important to actually speaking, again, whether it's written word or spoken word, uh, it's critically important if you actually want to connect with people 
and actually want to draw in the right type of client or right type of business partner that you speak to those or that you present those aspirations to people. I if get that makes that. sense. No, it, t- it totally does make sense. This is something that's puzzled me a lot because when I watch great speakers, for example, mm. they have great stories. Yeah. And a lot of the time they're making their points, but they're illustrating their points with stories. Mm-hmm. And something that I reflected on a little while ago was we all have great stories. Yes. But if I ask you right now, tell me a story, you won't have them. Mm-hmm. They'll be gone. Mm-hmm. So something that an exercise I went through was, okay, what are the stories? What are the stories I've got? What's on, what's on the shelf here? Mm-hmm. And just make a bullet list of all the different sort of things that have happened in life mm-hmm. that could sort of be used in this suite of content. And when you then come to write content, it makes it much, much easier. So I think there's there's this other side. I think what you were speaking about then is there's knowing what you want to say and who you want to say it to and how you want to say it and why. Mm-hmm. But then having these stories that can really act as a vector to add impact. I think that's an area a lot of people, I mean, I, there's a danger here if it looks like I'm t- trying to teach you copywriting. It's not the case <laughs> at all. Where I'm trying to get to is if people want to start communicating more effectively, mm-hmm. I guess what are the various tasks that they should do before they start writing any content? And I know that's not a simple question. I know you probably have a whole products based on this, and that's fine. Tell me about those products. But I, for me, I think this is an important nut to crack for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll get to that. I want to. I'll walk. I'll walk you guys through. Uh, I'll walk you, Bob, and your in your audience through one of my frameworks. But first, a really, a really simple way to figure out what stories to tell. I think it was Michael Port um, that talked about. Um, like big ideas and then stories and, and, and how to's or solutions. So if you can't figure out, you know, you can write down all your, all the stories you want, but you have to be able to connect them to something. So, uh, it might be simplest. It might be easiest to start with the big idea. So for instance, I just said, you know, you need a brand, you know, that connects to your, to the aspirations of your client. Then I brought up the story of, of Kira Hug and, and her brand that's cranked to 11 because her, her, prospects her ideal avatar wants to be cranked to 11 so figuring out that big idea and then connecting it to that story uh, i i prefer to start with the big idea and then and then figure out a story but uh it, sometimes it works for other people to, to start with a story and connect it to a big idea hmm. but knowing what to say and and how to say it is is uh is important like you said so i i walk people through something that i call the 6p framework 6p framework simply because it has six parts to it and they all start with a p um so it's yeah no it's it's copywriters you know we come up with some really original original stuff um so uh figuring out things like the problem uh that your avatar that your ideal customer that your ideal uh client is going through but then not just leaving it at you know the problem but figuring out uh and these are all you know exercises that i spend uh, you know, hours going through with people. So it, it'll, we'll just go super surface level, but figuring yeah. out what that tangible level problem is, uh, that surface level problem is, but then also figuring out uh, and writing down what is the cause of that problem and what is the effect or result of that problem. So, you know, if, if you, if the surface level problem is just, well, I, I suck at writing emails to be a, a copywriting specific example if i suck at writing emails well the effect of that 
being bad at email uh, copy, the effect is that emails don't make money, right? But perhaps the cause is that you don't have, uh, and this is this is one that I use for my own marketing, so that's why it's top of mind for me. But the, the cause, the outcome of that is that, or sorry, the the root problem there is that you well maybe you just don't have the tools that you need, you don't have the templates that you need, you don't have the training that you need, those types of things. So. First thing is to figure out those few levels of problem, the service and then the, the, the uh, effect and the cause. And then getting into the promise, how are you going to specifically talk about your solution uh, to their pain points, to their problems, again, at that service level, that effect level, and that uh, cause level. And then figuring out a paradigm shift as well. That's the third P is paradigm. Because often what is tripping people up is an incorrect or an old belief. Uh, like that writing emails is really hard, but the paradigm shift that you introduce to them is, is important. It's kind of that, that wow, aha moment, uh, where again, you go, writing isn't hard. You just gotta, you just gotta have the tools or the training or whatever. Mm. Um, fourth P is proof, which is, which is fun, uh, testimonials, case studies. But again, you're tying them directly to, you know, I teach people to have a, a a proof testimonial that's specifically tied to that surface level tangible problem, a testimonial that's tied specifically to the effect. You know, so um, so my emails aren't making money. So a testimonial that's tied specifically to that, and then a cause level testimonial. And 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 again, then those are three kind of stories that you can have ready to go, with you know with different big ideas as well. Yeah. Um, and then a transition point, a, a, a prompt, I call it. It could also be called a pivot point, but I, I don't know why I don't call it a pivot because it is a pivot, but I call it a prompt. Uh, and that's kind of a, a, a point, whether it's in a conversation or in a, or in a, on a sales page in your copy and your emails where, where you figure out how you make the transition from general conversation to the last P, which is pitch. But again, you want to have a prompt that's tied to the service, to the effect, and to the cause. And then a pitch. Um, pitch, you don't need to, to tie necessarily into those three things. That's just what you're offering and, and all that. But um, but once you've done all that pre-work, all that background work, all that... And this isn't even... Um, we haven't even got into avatar stuff. But once you've done all that pre-work, you just have so much more... Um, for lack of a better word, you, you have so much more material to go into yeah. any conversation or any writing project with because you know exactly what you want to talk about and how you want to talk about it uh, and how it lines up with, with the person that you're talking to as well. Well, let's talk about Avatar mm -hmm. because I would be curious on your perspective on this, that when I work with clients on Avatar, I'm working on them from a different perspective. And almost every single time, whether it's in a coaching group or with a corporate they get to the point where they have this aha moment. They understand what an avatar is. They understand why it's important. And they immediately decide they need three, four, five avatars. Right. What's your perspective on the one avatar versus multiple avatars question? You know, it's 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 one of those uh, answers where it's it depends, right? For some businesses, it's appropriate to have one avatar. Uh, and it's it just makes things simpler to have one avatar. For other businesses, I'll use my own, for instance, um, I have to have multiple avatars because they're totally different offers for totally different audiences. So one avatar for, of mine is, you know, folks, typically solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs who are making a good living. They're already at, at typically seven figures in their business and they need to bring on a copywriter to help elevate, to help grow, to help 
free up some of their own time. So that's that's one from the copywriting perspective, from the service perspective, where it's a totally different avatar from somebody who needs me to help them and coach them and train them on copywriting. Uh, so I have to have multiple avatars. But that's that's you know years and years into my business as well. So often early on, if you have multiple avatars, this isn't always the case, but often early on, if you have multiple avatars, it's you're just looking to add confusion that doesn't need to be there. Mm. Confusion both to what you're saying to potential customers and to your business in general. Different avatar means you have to have a different offer, right? Which means you have to have perhaps a different product, which adds levels of complication to your business, and especially if you're starting out or early on or, or haven't hit, you know, six figures or whatever yet. You don't need that complication. And if, and if you think you do, maybe you need to rethink what you're doing or how you're doing it. But again, it depends. Sometimes it might be the right answer, but I, I, I don't often see that. I often see people overcomplicating, especially too early. So... Uh, yeah, I yeah. agree. I think um, the, the danger is when you have multiple avatars, for especially when you're looking at it from a content perspective, you have to split your resources mm-hmm. because you can't. You need to create content for all these different avatars, which doubles, triples, potentially, or dilutes is the alternative. Yeah, the content that you're creating, and you end up not actually standing out for anyone. Mm-hmm. I think where you're talking about it from a, a product or a funnel perspective is a different story. Right. I think there having different avatars, the way you describe it, makes complete sense because mm-hmm. your funnels will make complete sense for people at different stages in their business, as you described. Yeah, and again, that, that's been years and years in the making for, for me, right? Where uh, I didn't come out of the bat, or uh, come out of the gate, I should say, um, offering both writing services and coaching to to uh, to startups and side hustles and early stage entrepreneurs that that's been a more recent thing as I've built out my own business built out my own templates built out my own resources and and learned a lot of the lessons along the way that now I can teach to other people but that out of the gate I didn't have multiple avatars I didn't have multiple offers so yeah again again it's 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 a it's an it depends answer but typically I mean you're just looking to add you're looking at a complication and it's not a good thing if you have multiples of avatars. Now, there's something I want to ask you about, and we may end up taking this question out because <laughs> I don't know if you feel equipped to address it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But you're a copywriter, so you're the only person I can think of that I should be asking about this. I don't know. Have you had an opportunity to look at some of these new, I'm not going to name any of them, but the, the AI powered copywriting tools that are out there? Yeah. And how do you feel about them? Is there a place for them? Who should be using them? Because I'll tell you my experience. They're a clumsy mess. Mm -hmm. And I find that, yeah, if you really have no idea how to go from a blank page to starting, they might help you as a prompt. Yeah. But what's your perspective on this? I actually had a few conversations about this exact topic yesterday because it's something that that as copywriters we have to address, right? Similar to, you know, if if you're selling logos, if you design logos for a living, you have to address that Canva exists and that Fiverr exists, so people can do it for a lot cheaper than, than before. You just have to address it. You have to realize it's there. So I was speaking with somebody yesterday as well, who he, somebody who was involved early on in, in the uh, tech side of, of AI in general. So not, not copywriting AI, but just machine learning and AI in general, uh, about, um, about 10, 15 years ago. 
and his perspective was um, there's a lot that the the physical you know like chips and, and and I don't know all the technical stuff but like the physical hardware isn't even capable of um, so his perspective was you know we're at least 10 years away now technology is evolving quickly of course but we're probably 10 years away from AI being able to actually write copy that that feels human that you can't tell wasn't written by a human so how do we use these tools now um i think they're great for coming up with something like a first draft again whether you're a copywriter like me uh, i often hire other writers junior writers to to come up with the first draft for me so um an ai tool could do that instead perhaps but they can come up with with that first draft but there's there's going to be language patterns there's going to be uh, avatar issues there's going to be stuff that they're not able yet ai is not able yet to address so if you're someone who's who's not a copywriter you can still use it as a as a as a draft version of what you want to put out into the world there are also other tools that are basically fill in the blank uh, kind of template builders you know um, i won't mention those either in the names of those but, but there's some there's some okay ones out there um, the difference between the template ones in the AI ones is that the template ones require you to actually be a, a fairly gifted copywriter. Their marketing is great because they sell it as, you know, you can, you can get a really quick and easy Facebook ad or write a sales page in, in half an hour just by filling in a few prompts. Well, that's true, but you have to know, you have to know how to write well to fill those prompts in, in a way that's actually going to sell something. So, so both of those things, whether it's the, the template, versions or the AI versions, there's still, there's still a lot of work you have to do after, um, after you use them. So I think they're a good tool. I think uh, AI is, AI is a good thing, but don't rely on it. Don't depend on it. Know that you're using it as, as a tool to give you a draft, to get you started so that you're not just staring at a blank page and there's value there, but it's not going to get yeah. you anywhere close to a final product or it shouldn't. I think the perspective that's developed as you were talking for me is a little bit like my business used to be predominantly designing and building high-end websites mm -hmm. and large sections of my competition would grind their teeth if you say the word Wix and Weebly and Squarespace <laughs> but for me because I was at the high the high end mm -hmm. I was looking at it from the perspective of well it's getting businesses into the habit of understanding how websites work yeah and when they understand what they want then they'll come to a professional. And I think what, what these tools are potentially doing is introducing whole groups of people to writing and the importance of it in ways that they never were before. They just wrote garbage. Now they're starting to think about it. Yeah. They're starting to think about the importance of it. And they'll probably take them in the direction of people like you to level up, to go yeah. from, from garbage to good enough, um, <laughs> from, from, from needing the crutch or the creative prompts that these tools give to actually being able to do this intuitively now they go from okay now i kind of know where i want to go but i don't know how to get there mm -hmm. i wasn't getting there before but now i see where i want to go so now i want some help so i guess that kind of segues segues nicely into how does copywriting work as a coaching service because i'm very curious about that as well yeah well to, to the point that you just made right it's it's um it's the the recognition or you got to start with the recognition that 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 copy is something that's really important and that the garbage that, that you might have put out there before isn't going to get the job done. The words that you use matter. 
the emotion that you pull in through those words that matters the way that you do that matters all of all of that in terms of copy matters so teaching people walking people through you know like that like the 6p framework of not just here's the 6p's but how do we actually build out an avatar and understand this person i usually say how do we understand this person better than they know themselves and so that that begins with with like i said the pre-work but in terms of coaching copywriting it's it's actually copywriting is actually you know a bit down the road you got to learn how to do that pre-work first before you ever write a single word which is just great it's great training for business as well right you got to know who you're talking to you got to know the pain points they're going through you have to have stories ready to go testimonials ready to go all those things before you ever write a single word of copy and then it just gets down to you know, if you want to, you can use one of those those AI tools or those template tools, uh, and they're going to get you part of the way. But but you've given those tools the right information, the right background information, the right the right uh, intel on who they're talking to. So uh, a lot of what I teach is is usually here's the background information. Follow this template, and and you know the templates are filled out with you know speak to that speak to this. Speak to the the effect problem in this area, or, or speak to the the paradigm shift, uh, the surface level paradigm shift in this area, or, or something like that. And then, again, that gets them uh, a good portion of the way there. And then it's coaching is just then going through it with a alongside people, saying, "Oh, I, I see what you've done here. I see the way you worded it, or what you were going for. But but what if we tweak the way you know the exact wording to something more along the lines of this?" And then. As a as a team effort, we can get it a lot closer to to a finished product, or a lot closer to to something that's really going to speak to their audience and and nail their point home. So it's more of a, it's more of a the coaching that I that I do is more of a done with you type of type of offer where it's I don't want to leave people just hanging. I want to give them the tools. I want to give them the the templates and then and then uh, and then the training, but also walk them through, review with them. Here's what you said. Here's how you could have said it, uh, and then tell them why. So next time they don't need to need to uh, have me review it. They just learn along the way how to write good a nice, copy. Yeah, that's a nice way of doing it. It's a little bit like a tennis coach. That it's it's not sort of it's not classroom learning. It's mm-hmm. you you learn as you play. Yeah, yeah. So I have another question, and again, it's, it sort of popped up as you were talking, and it really it centers on emotion because. I think the coaches, consultants, they're quite used to speaking in terms of emotion to their clients and injecting some emotion into their copy. Mm-hmm. But I look at another section of my own client base, for example, and they really, really, the content is quite flat, emotionless, emotionless, it's cold. I'm not going to say the word soulless, but soulless. How do you address the whole question of emotion and content where you can quite obviously see it's missing where they're focusing on facts and persuasion rather than trying to take people on a journey if you mm-hmm. see what i mean mm-hmm. well i mean first of all facts and logic and, and data that that all has its place um you just have to know where to put it uh so in, in an in an email campaign for instance uh you know, maybe maybe there's one email in your campaign where it focuses on logic because people people buy on emotion and then justify it afterwards with 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 reason, right? With logic. So you you want to give them those those perhaps data points that 
that they can reason their their uh, their decision uh, afterwards. But um, yeah, you you certainly want to speak to the emotion. You want to pe- bring people on a journey. And again, um, you know, walking through that or going through that pre work is going to get you a lot of the way there. So another exercise that I that I walk people through is to look not at just the values sorry, the goals that, that the avatar has. And that's, that's often like one of the first things that we do. One of the first steps in, in building out an avatar, what are their goals and pain points and things like that. But also what are their, what are their motivations? Uh, what's, what's motivating them to do this? You know, do they want to lose 20 pounds just so that just for the, the, the simple fact of losing 20 pounds or do they want to lose 20 pounds so they're more confident? That's their motivation. Do they want to lose 20 pounds because they have, you know, a the example in my mind again is going into a conference room. Sorry, which may, I know that makes you feel icky, Bob. But um, <laughs> right, do they want to lose those twenty pounds because they 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 want to walk in with confidence in that conference room and and think, man, I I own this room. Um, so what's motivating their behavior? What's motivating their decision, uh, either to take action or to not take action? Um, so when I, when I speak about emotion, I don't usually associate it to, Oh, well, they're angry. Well, what's motivating that anger? What's behind that anger? What's, what's the question behind the question uh, that, that they're asking? What's the emotion behind the emotion that they're feeling? Things like that. And again, when you dig a bit deeper, that's where you get, that's where you get great copy. That's the big difference between, you know, B plus copy and a plus copy or, or good copy and great copy is, is, figuring out the emotion behind the emotion, the motivation behind their goal and things like that. So mm. um, I love it. Yeah. I think for me, for me, that that's a bit of a bugbear that, that people write copy that's not really triggering anything. Mm-hmm. It might be a great vector for data, but it's not, I'm not feeling anything. Mm-hmm. And we're emotional creatures. So if you want me to act, trigger an emotion mm-hmm. and I'll probably act. I'm impulsive like that. <laughs> yeah, and get get uh, get different parts of their brain operating as well. Like, don't don't just focus on logic. Don't just focus on emotion. Get, and, and that's why I love using paradigm shifts or, or playing one part of the copy off of another, because uh, I want their brain, uh, I want their brain functioning. I want different areas of their brain functioning uh, as they're reading through the copy as well. So you don't just you don't just write again. Pure emotion isn't going to get anyone anywhere. Uh, but playing emotion off of a paradigm shift, playing emotion off or motivations off of their goals or their values, that's going to engage uh, engage their brain a lot differently. And we could get, we could totally geek out on that, but um, uh, but we won't. But you know, engaging different parts of their brain uh, also also makes for great copy and really effective copy because you've, like you said, you brought them on that journey. Um, not just of a story, but a journey that they're going through in their own brain of of engaging multiple areas uh, as they're reading through as well. So this this is sort of the last place I wanted to go because I think it's an important place to go. Most people, you guys listening, you know what I'm talking about. You're looking at a car crash of content across your ecosystem. You've got website copy, email copy, social content, funnel content. You've probably got, yeah, lots of other bits and pieces and it's all kind of wrong and it's not kind of working hmm. how can you get from car crash to golden in the most effective way possible where should you start which order would you go in i know i'm putting you on the spot it's a difficult 
sort of landscape to orientate yourself around. But this is the kind of scenario that probably faces you and your clients all the time. So by order, you mean, you know, like email and website and, and, and that type of thing? Triage. Or? Triage. How do, how, how do you decide where to spend your time and resources first? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if this, this directly answers your question, but I think the, the most important thing to begin with whether you're starting out or you're or you're in triage, um, gotta. <laughs> this sounds repetitive and it sounds lame, but you gotta start out with knowing who you're talking to. Back to the beginning of our conversation, Bob, you gotta know what what big ideas and what stories you're gonna talk about. So, as an example, and lots of us have done this. I did this uh, previously. I know lots of people that have done it and continue to do it. But say that you're spending money on a Facebook ad you know, five bucks a day, 10 bucks a day. Uh, so not a huge, necessarily a huge amount of money, but not nothing either. So you're spending money on Facebook ads and you're sending people to to a page, to a to part of your funnel, but you haven't actually built out your funnel yet. So you're just trying to get that vanity metric of people that are clicking and landing on your, on your landing page, but you don't, you know, you don't have a, a fully formed offer yet, or you don't have a fully formed product yet. So a lot of times people just... They jump the gun um, and they start spending money and driving traffic and all that to make themselves feel good or or just because they think, you know, oh, this is what I should be doing. Uh, so they're, they're, they end up just wasting money on those ads without actually knowing who they're talking to or what the product is or what the offer is. So you got to figure out all those base level things, those foundational things um, before you before you spend a single dollar on driving traffic. Mm-hmm. Um so in terms of copy, where do you start? Well, you start with those same things. You know, what is your offer? How are you going to write that out? Uh, what is your product? How are you going to describe it? How are you going to build in those emotional pulls and that that little bit of logic? And, you know, how are you going to write that? Um, you know, having a sales page actually ready, whether it's whether it's a, a short sales page or a long sales page, you got to have something uh, before, before, again, before you're spending a single dollar on, on driving traffic there. But going back to the the basics, you got to have all those foundational pieces ready to go first. And it it can, especially if you're doing it yourself, it can take a while and that's okay. It shouldn't necessarily be rushed, but you know, if you're driving, again, if you're driving traffic to your funnel, whether you're paying money to drive that traffic or not, um, you got to have, okay, so now they've opted into this thing. You've given them a lead magnet, you've given them a checklist, you've given them a webinar, whatever, uh, whatever they've opted in for. Well, you got to have a, a follow-up email campaign that's going out to them as well. You, you can't just, you know, it's, it's great to get them on your list. Now, what are you going to do with them? So the, all those funnel pieces are, are important and you got to have them all done before, you, before you're before you ready to, to let people see it, really. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a roundabout answer to, to what you asked. I, but, I knew it was a difficult question yeah. to answer because everybody's different, everybody's situation is yeah. different, everybody's priority is going to be kind of different. You're absolutely right to circle back to who's it for, who's it about. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and in terms of copy, you, you got to have you got to have assets ready before you before you drive any traffic. So uh, you know, maybe start with start with a lead magnet is what I'd say. Get people onto your list, and and email marketing is. By the way, if you don't, if you don't, I, I'm not just biased. It's fact. It's logic. It's data. That email marketing is is far more profitable than all social media marketing combined. Still, uh, by a landslide, 
So um, you hear that, people? Yeah, you hear that, people? And I don't just say that because I both write email marketing ca- uh, campaigns and teach people how to do it for themselves. I I say it because the data tells us that. So have your email marketing ready to go, whether it's just a, a nurturing campaign where you're giving folks value, giving your new opt-ins, giving them value over the next couple of weeks or months, or if you're actually sending them out a an email campaign, an onboarding campaign that's trying to t- turn them from cold to sold, right? From, from an audience that doesn't know you to an audience that's paying you money as a client. Um, you know, they've opted into your list. You got to have something ready to go. Uh, that would, yeah. that would be my that is my bias perhaps, but that's my take on things. No, I think that's a really good take. I guess this kind of takes me. I normally I'd say, Jeff, if people want to take things further with you, how can you do that? <laughs> but you very specifically told me you're launching something. I think it's next week. What is that, and who's it for? Yeah, and I didn't even mean to give myself a segue there, but it's actually about. <laughs> it's the email. <laughs> it's 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 a training, a workshop, a masterclass on a specific email campaign. It's called the 6P sequence, believe it or not. Uh, one email for each of those six Ps to turn prospects from cold to sold. So in generally, in and this is a campaign that has worked super well for my own business, brought hundreds of thousands of dollars into my own business. I don't say that to brag. I say that to prove that it works. I do say it to brag that it's also you know, brought in millions of dollars for my clients. That's the bragging part. But uh, <laughs> but learning how to write that campaign, we're going to do it all in, in, in one day. Normally I do it over a six-week period, uh, one short call every week. We're going to get it all done in one day, one, one four-hour session plus some follow-up. Um, and it's just called the 6P Sequence Masterclass. So it's on Saturday, uh, March 27th. Um, and if people want, you can just go to jeffcoleman.com slash bob. Uh, that sounds like a good link, and uh, and I'll put a coupon. Really easy to remember. Really easy to remember. I'll put a coupon code on there and give people fifty bucks off, which takes it down wow. to to less than a hundred bucks for the for the session. But that's that's the email campaign that I was just talking about. Of of great, you got a lead magnet. You got people on your list. Um, how are you going to turn them from from a cold lead uh, or, or a prospect that just met you into an actual paying client or customer? So that's what that campaign is all about. Um, so yeah, I'd love to have people join us. And if people do want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? Which social media platform do you like the best? Uh, I probably spend my most time on Instagram. So folks can just go to, uh, it's at Jeff Coleman. Uh, don't try to spell my name. Just, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll the, my, my name will be somewhere. Uh, so There'll be a link in the show. Yeah, so just copy paste that. But uh, uh, Instagram.com slash Jeff Coleman. Uh, you can also check out my podcast if if I'm allowed to speak to that uh, as well. Oh, yeah. That's called People, the. They can only listen to my podcast for one hour a week. There's a lot of extra time. <laughs> yeah. So in those other hours of the week, uh, it's called the psychology of copywriting. So uh, that's where we didn't geek out uh, on it, Bob, in our conversation. But that's where I get to geek out on what's going on in the brain of your readers uh, as they're reading your sales copy, as they're reading your emails, your Instagram posts, your. Um, your sales pages, your website, your blog, all that. What's going on in their brain and how can you use that uh, information to write better, to write a uh, copy that's going to engage their brain in in, uh, in a better way. So um, that's what my podcast is all about, Psychology of Copywriting. I uh, hope you can check it out, folks. We can talk about Psychology of Copywriting another time. <laughs> it's fascinating stuff. I, I love geeking out on that stuff. Jeff, what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? You know, um, a couple of years ago, I joined my first mastermind 
And that is something that I wish I'd started right from the beginning where I had a group of people that were a group of people that were leaning into me as I was leaning into them. Uh, that They were resourcing me as I was resourcing them. That They were keeping me accountable as I was for them. Uh, that we were learning together and growing together and connecting each other and referring each other. That, that has been the, the massive difference maker in my business. So I wish that I did that from the very beginning. I wish I did that five years ago. I am so glad that I did do it, that I've you know, continued to invest every month in that group. And really, you know, in, in pandemic times, those have been the, the friends that I've relied on the most as well. So I'm glad I did it because now I actually have a group of friends that I get to talk to and, and <laughs> see on, on Zoom, but see every couple of weeks. So that's been an added benefit, but I, I wish I did that five years ago and I cannot recommend it enough for others to, to find a, um, a mentor that you want to, that you want to follow, find a, uh, a coach that you want to have alongside you or, or whoever's leading the group, um, and make that strategic investment in your business to actually surround yourself with a group of people with similar goals, even if they're not in the same niche or market or whatever is you, but they have similar goals and similar, uh, you know, you're kind of on the same level, but you're calling each other to a higher level. That's something that everyone should be investing in, and especially in this online entrepreneur space that many of us are in. I absolutely echo that. I think everything Jeff said, double from me. Jeff, you've been an awesome guest. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. No, my pleasure's all mine. And I'll have to have you on the Psychology of Copywriting podcast. That's where we can geek out. Ooh, that'd be fun. Every single time someone touches your online world, It's with words. Words matter, so it's worth taking time to make sure they make sense. Maybe you need a Jeff, or maybe you just need a friend to proofread. Just do the best with what you have, but take words seriously. Before we go, just a quick reminder to subscribe, and if you haven't already joined our Facebook group, you'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. I would love for you to connect with me on social media. Follow me wherever you hang out. You'll find me at Bob Gentle, and if you do, message me let me know and i'll follow you back if you enjoyed the show then i would love a five-star review on apple podcasts i can't underestimate how much it means to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers my name's bob gentle thanks again to jeff for giving us his time and to you for listening and i will see you next week